1: it's the hoops show i'm thomas frank carr i am not an expert at basketball but we have an expert insider to discuss what happened yesterday during penn state's loss to wisconsin we'll get into it and despite what i just said i got some opinions because i'm not without eyeballs that's coming up on the Hoops show Nate, here we are again. Here, here we are again. Yeah. Penn State lost to Wisconsin. And I'm just going to go out and say it, like watching the first half of that game, Penn State was the more athletic team. They moved the ball. They shoot well. They were just, they looked better. And yet, they lose 63-60 to 60 to Wisconsin. They had yeah. some opportunities late. But uh, we're going to get into the what happened and we're going to get into the why it happened. But... Tyler wall, a big storyline for you coming uh, out of this game, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, you know, we've got some time to kill. Um, I just want to make sure that we don't recap this game as black and white, right? Because I know Mm -hmm. that there's, there is going to be a temptation to do that. And I think it's important to give it some context of saying, yes, there were things that we'll get to in terms of officiating that, uh you know played a role in in how the game unfolded but uh there were other things as well there was there was just a lot going on there is a lot going on this feels like a an ongoing story of penn state basketball and so i felt like it was important to kind of set the table in that regard um and so tyler wall <laughs> right yeah. wisconsin wisconsin was a team going into this game on uh, Tuesday night that had lost three games in a row and really ha- had had some struggles, right? It, it lost two games closely. Uh, and then it got blown out really uh, against Indiana over the weekend. So, you know, so this was a, this was a hurting Wisconsin team based mm-hmm. on the fact that it didn't have one of its better players. He came back, <laughs> he came back. He was able to play uh, on that ankle on Tuesday night. And honestly, I don't, I don't know what you thought, but he looked pretty good to me. Um, certainly his his scoring and production were good but also i just i just thought he moved fine i thought i thought he ended up uh you know having uh a game that was was fine in that regard so 10 points uh five rebounds for him like that's that's a pretty productive day um but it was it was one of a few storylines right you have him coming back they didn't know i think coming into the game whether like he's he was a day-to-day kind of thing it was announced on not announced, but reported on Tuesday morning that he had practiced but not done full contact work on Monday. Uh, and so, you know, surprise, surprise, uh, guy who had missed three games was, was able to come back and play. Uh, on top of that, Penn State was going into uh, a, a venue at the Kohl Center that Penn State has never won at. Never. This is – This <laughs> stat – so when I learned of this a couple – like
1: a year or two ago, like – having watched Penn state basketball for a couple of years now, I knew they always struggled there. I knew they hadn't won since I had been watching, but like, I didn't know it was never that's up yep. there with Penn state has never had a DB in the first round of the draft. Like that is yep. an insane stat
0: that feels like it shouldn't be real. And yep. yet here we are because games like last night happen. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. It's Oh, and 18 going into last night's game, obviously. Oh, and 19 now. And you know, I think Micah Shrewsbury, on Monday pretty much laid out the, the type of atmosphere that it is reliably for Wisconsin. And um, you know, just the, the, it it goes beyond just atmosphere, right? It it is this whole cornucopia of, of things that are involved when you go on the road uh, and play a team like Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Yeah. It's a thing.
2: They both should be great challenges for us. You know, I don't look at records. I don't look at what people have done. I don't look at how they're playing. Like, Wisconsin's a good team, right? Like, they're a good team. And it doesn't matter if they've lost three or four games in a row. It doesn't change who they are, right? They might not be playing great right now, but all it takes is one game to flip that for anybody in this conference. So, like, that's going to be a challenge for us.
0: They did. They did flip it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they did flip it. Um, and yeah, it, it was uh, not. I, I think that anybody that watched that game would probably share your sentiment in terms of, uh, oh, how talented is Wisconsin against the talent that maybe Penn State has. But in terms of maintaining identity and and uh, inflicting their will. I I don't think there was any question that Wisconsin was able to set the pace, set the tone, set all of those things really throughout the game, but particularly in the second half, Yeah, Uh, which all kind of leads into the, the third setup, which is Micah Shrewsbury's anticipation, what he talked about on Monday of like, you've got this, you've got this arc right in the story of, after Purdue, he's really frustrated with officiating. He's he's frustrated with the way games are being called and specific to how Penn State's able to operate offensively based on the fact that there's, there's an imbalance. There's an inconsistency uh, in not, not necessarily the obvious shooting fouls, but things that are happening on the floor. Right. Um, and so you go from that to Indiana where – he really backed off and said, Hey, I, I'm, I can't do this. I can't operate this way. Uh, it's not helping the team. I need to be more focused on right. I mean, he, he called himself a dummy. He was like, I'm, I'm acting crazy. I don't want to do this. This isn't the type of coach that I want to be. Um, and, and so that was, that was where he was going into this Wisconsin game.
2: Yeah. We're going to go in a tough atmosphere. and Like it's going to be, it's going to be hard to win at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, but it's not impossible right like we can do it if we play the right way uh, but i need to i need to keep my focus on that right our team needs to be focused That we need to be poised and calm in the face of the storm or in the eye of the storm and um you know i need to help them do that so i need to be that myself um so knowing that going in just um, trying to keep the focus on that, trying to keep the focus on here's what we need to do to be at our best tomorrow night to come out there with a win, um, and that's it. And there, there's there's going to be stuff that happens in that game that you know I'm probably not going to like or agree with, but, like, you know, how can I help Pickett be better? How can I help Andrew Funk be better, Keba, you know, Evan, who've never gone into – Madison, Wisconsin, and played in front of that, you know, sea of red up there. So
1: so how, how would you say that – let's just start with this. How would you say that he did at that last part of helping his team be better, your observation of that, uh, given that th- it was a very – there was a lot, as you mentioned. There's a lot going on yesterday, yeah. so it might be yeah. a little bit muddy to get like a clear answer to that question.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's just start with the man as a soothsayer. I mean, how could anyone have predicted that uh, that Penn State would have some challenges and some things uh, that happened in the game that wouldn't be to his liking, uh, right? Like, right. so <laughs> he, he knew he he understands that that's uh, kind of a thing. Uh, that happens in an in an environment like that, and so that was the setup. And I thought, overall, if you look at how the game was played, he didn't lose his mind. I mean, I certainly I think that there were some frustrations that he exhibited. You know, like we're watching on TV, but yeah, I I, I thought that he kept his composure uh, throughout what would probably be, um, you, you know, I, I just it's hard not to come across as being like. Blinded by the one-sidedness, I think of many of the calls. Right, it just mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a balance to it. Uh, Can and you so give
1: an fun- example to that the specifics, just for you know clarity?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, where where do you start? <laughs> like it's uh, <laughs>
1: block char- well, block charge was a big story. I think last night is that an area
0: where you think it was fairly
1: adjudicated?
0: Yeah, well, certainly the end of the like the last minute, right? The, the mm-hmm. Jalen Pickett charge with fifty three seconds to play is unusual, and I, we can save this part of the conversation for a little bit later. But it's it's atypical in a variety of ways. But that wasn't the only call. That wasn't the only thing that was happening. What was happening is Penn State got into foul trouble early. Cam Winter mm-hmm. got into foul trouble. Seth Lundy got into foul trouble, and then got into more foul trouble on the backside, uh, right? Right. The start of the second half, Penn state had uh, accumulated really four fouls before like the five minute mark in the second half. I mean, it, it just, it just compounded very quickly. And when there were things happening on the other end of the floor that I think Penn state could very clearly make an argument and say, Hey, uh, this, this isn't, this isn't being called, the same way right the, yeah the, the the fouls on the floor for Penn State that Penn State was being called for uh, were, were not the same things against a Wisconsin defense that like let me go straight to this quote Greg guard was not uh was not in any way cryptic about what was happening in terms of their intent coming out of the first half right uh, Wisconsin was down 36 to 30 and they went into the locker room and the conversation was hey, you, you got to be more aggressive defensively. The Penn state is getting the shots that it wants from pinpoint. Yep. And Jalen Pickett was doing really what he wanted in the paint. Even though Jalen Pickett wasn't getting calls on those necessarily. Yeah. Greg guard sent the message. Hey, like literally quote, uh, we had no choice. We had to find a way to shut off the threes and still stop Pickett from getting to the rim. Our guys battled, but it wasn't pretty all the time. Uh, yeah. battled is code for, Grab, right. Like poke, pull, slowed things down, slowed things. Yep. All of those things.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it to, to what I was going to say a second ago of how Wisconsin was able to dictate things. The flow of the game was entirely different. Literally the ball movement, the ability, the clock kept stopping for fouls and this and that. And there, there was no flow to the game. And Penn state is a team that needs to have flow. And this is, this is something I just, I want to say, like I said, I, I'm not an expert to, to know all of the things you're talking about with some of the, the ins and outs of what's making the sausage, but I've watched enough basketball to know that that was boring when there was 11 points in the first half of the second half. Right. So like it, they, they scored 11 points over like eight minutes. Yeah. And that's no fun for anybody. <laughs> no one enjoys watching bricks and turnovers and not no runouts. No, no there, there was no flow to that game. And like I looked up and even Jalen Pickett, I was like, it'd be amazing if anyone could score this half.
0: Yeah, but no one could score. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, look, like there's there's a balance to be had between guarding and playing good defense. Uh, if if there had been a bunch of open looks that just didn't go down. It it would probably be a a little bit of a different conversation, but it it wasn't necessarily that it was trips without shots, right? Like they're just, they they didn't even get attempts uh, at the basket. And I think that that was something that, that Shrewsbury brought up again on Monday as being really critical to, to this game. And when you look at the final breakdown, Penn State had 10 turnovers, which isn't great, but probably just a couple off of what they typically do, right? They're looking to have eight, seven, yeah. something like that. That's a that's a decent number for them. Wisconsin scored all the time. <laughs> Wisconsin had 15 points off of turnovers to Penn State's none off of Wisconsin's six turnovers. So yeah. like Wisconsin did a really nice job of turning Penn State's mistakes or forcing Penn State mistakes and then turning those mistakes into points, but you're right. It just, it, there was no, there was no consistency. I, I really felt like for either team, especially in the second half. Yeah. Um. In but terms of that's that's what Wisconsin's the offensive game. approach was.
1: That's All Wisconsin's right. game though. Right. That's the exact same thing. We were talking beforehand. It's like, they are uh, Michigan football is what you said. And I'm like, yeah, they're Wisconsin. Wisconsin is yeah. a void of interesting sports. It is a black hole of offense so in the second half, like, that's what they do. They're going to disrupt things. They're going to pull. They're going to tug. But they obviously, this is the the downside of Penn State. If they can't play with flow, they don't have the size to consistently get buckets underneath. So yep. if they can just drip, 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 they're going to win that game. And, and yep. the flow, the, the the ability to get the ball and move it around the perimeter and get open shots didn't come to late in the game, right? And, and then... I think at that point, Penn State was totally out of rhythm. Is that a fair assessment of of kind of how you saw things? Or what did you see as far as how the flow of that game went? I
0: thought, I thought that things loosened a little bit. At, you're right. I mean, after kind of the 10-minute mark, uh, things loosened to the point where it was just shot for shot. I mean, th- it, was, yeah. it was compelling. There, it was a four-point game that would go to one point, then back to four and back to one, and back to four and back to one. Uh, you saw some big shots hit. Uh, it just... It, it started to find a little bit of a rhythm, but I mean, it was still so painfully stagnant, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it just, there were just so few things that I think, look, I, I was not impressed by Wisconsin's offense. Uh, I thought that, um, I thought that Wall played well and I thought that kral played well, right? Yeah. Those those two guys, I mean, Crowe just kind of went off uh, in the second half in particular, but it, it just, that was the type of flow was, Back and forth and back and forth and it set up uh, really a final three minutes, five minutes that became uh, extremely critical. Is there, and
1: this is the part of the psychology that I don't know that like is productive if we get into, but is there like a, a an officiating reset at halftime of okay, would they go in the locker room, they say, "What did you see? What did you see? What are we going to look for in to start the second half?" Because it does seem like the officials get more involved in the second half of some games. And is that, is that a fair
0: way to paint that? Uh, I have to claim ignorance okay. on that. Right. I, I'm not in that locker room. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. I think is your perception. One that uh, aligns with, with mine, how, how I see games being called Typically. Yeah. I think, I think that that's fair. Um, you know, but, and I think, I think that it also plays into a little bit of, we're having this conversation about what happens to Penn state basketball on the yeah. backside of halftime. Right. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, where, where does it go? How do how do you explain this? How do you figure that a team that has a Looks so good in half first time, so right.
1: many times this year, they've looked so good in the first half. And then it just is, It it's like they're walking
0: through a bog in the second half. B- because it is a bog. That's <laughs> the point. Yeah. That's the point is that the, the fog, the bog settles in, it swamps things up. And Penn State doesn't have an answer when it can't play the way that it is playing in the first half. Right. It, again, I mean, we talked about this uh, after that Indiana game. Tone, tone is set. Tone is dictated by what officials call and what officials don't call. um cer- Certainly, some teams don't foul to begin with, right? Or some teams right. do foul and and are called for it. But if you're if you're racking up personal fouls, which is something that happened to Penn State on Wednesday on Tuesday night, excuse me, it ch- it changes you. It ch- it changes the way that you approach what you're doing you if you know that you can't do this without sending them to the line without getting into the bonus really really quickly uh it it just it impacts you and so wisconsin did not have to suffer through that process right is there there was no repercussion uh for for wisconsin playing that way and instead you just saw penn state's lead evaporate very quickly right i mean the, the lead the six point lead was gone and you know that right six points is not a ton of points in college no. basketball but in a game where you score 60 and 63 six points is a ton of points and so wisconsin made quick work of getting rid of that lead uh and then from there again it was just back and forth back and forth it was, it was i'm not gonna say it wasn't entertaining but uh you know, there were, there were plays that were made just yeah, probably for Penn state's liking, not enough of them. Yeah. The, so
1: the, the other thing I think is important here is like we're on a Penn state basketball podcast. I watch Penn state basketball and that's it. I don't know if you watch any other college basketball, but like the, it's also, it's, it's not, uh, it's not illegal. Right. So I guess this is the point is like for a team to play physically and change the style teams don't have to play the Penn state style. They don't have to come out and uh, play with more flow. If they want to do this stuff, like that's entirely their prerogative, but it's like, which one of these, just like in any other sport, which one of these philosophies and competing ideas is going to be the dominant one. It just seems weird that in the second half, it's always the other teams, like from the observations of, it always seems like the flow, like the game style changes. Away from what Penn State is doing, and they're in control of a lot of things. Is I guess the other examination we're looking at the, at the officials. Greg Gard comes out and says, like, yeah, well, yeah, we we were getting more physical. We were. Do- is there is there anything from like a tactic standpoint that, that teams are doing that Penn State can counter to? You know, I think you just kind of said no, but like, is there something that Penn State can do to try and change things up and uh, avoid these second half slumps?
0: Um. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a great question. They, I, I think the thing that stands out to me is getting into these predicaments in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. If you look back at the first half and look, no, nobody bats a thousand. You get that right. Nobody's going to make every shot. Penn state had great opportunities in the first half that it missed on. Okay. Yeah. Whether it was Seth Lundy off of uh, he had a travel off of a turnover. Uh, right for what should have been a very easy bucket in transition Pickett for as great as he played and he, he really did have a nice night in a lot of instances he had a bunch of great looks at the basket that didn't go down Kebajai jai had another dunk that uh rimmed out right so yep. in, instead of it being a six-point game let's change it to a 13-point game at the half or a 10-point game at the half how does that impact things? How how does that change the way that Wisconsin is doing things? Because Wisconsin w- really took a bunch of like mid-range jumpers in the first half. They, they did not have great shot selection. Yeah. Uh ch- change that into instead of being able um you know to go to the big guy, you, all of a sudden you you have to exclusively shoot threes to try to yeah. kind of worm your way back into the game. I, I, I think a little that, more. That, that changes that changes things, like I said. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot that Penn State can do other than make more shots. And it's funny, <laughs> Shrewsbury was asked at, in the post game about what differentiates, right? Like what's, what's the characteristic that differentiates Wisconsin who has won a bunch of games like this, close games this season, versus Penn State who has now come out on uh, the wrong side of it you know, uh, a handful of times here, uh, even in the big Ten, And I'm going to quote him here. So don't tune out. But he was like, the last shot goes in. Uh, I don't know what more else we could have done. We got stops down the stretch. Uh, I guess the thing we shouldn't have fouled early in the half in the second half uh, and got them in the bonus for so long, but they went for the longest time without a field goal down the stretch. So we guarded and I thought we got good looks offensively. And then this is where, we get to the meat. Probably the biggest thing that upsets me is those two charges were probably the biggest plays in the game. And editorializing here, he's placing the blame on his players, but he's also inviting a reexamination of those calls in the first place, right? Because right. he's saying, "Okay, we play off two feet." We jump straight up. You're getting a layup or you're getting a kick out three. We don't. They take charges. Now they're going down on the other end. We get nothing out of those when those possessions were good stuff was happening for us. Yeah. Uh, Right. And so it just Penn State had multiple opportunities to. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at
1: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law.
0: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kind of vanquish this insurmountable hill, right? They're They're, they're just... Continuing to climb back and climb back, uh, shot at a time, and Wisconsin is maintaining it. But when Penn State has the opportunities to take a lead, th- these are the things that happened, right? Is you had these critical calls that kind of upended the shot, to, like you don't even get the shot because yeah. you've been you've been called. Uh, you know, for an offensive foul. So it it just, I I, very clearly, it was frustrating for them. Very clearly. The fact that it was Jalen Pickett, like that's the second part of this is one side is it's Penn state basketball. I've been covering this for 18 years, you know, uh, to, to call their, to call a bias in the big 10 in officiating is something that Penn state fans have heard, have expected, Right. It just it 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 works itself out like that, that certain teams, certain programs who have established themselves tend to get better calls. You tend to get better calls at home anyway. And those those things are true.
1: And those stars, this is another conversation, right? The, the, The star player on each team, whether it's NBA or in college, that guy usually gets the benefit of the doubt from the official except in, in this situation, right? Even going back to before this game, Jalen Pickett not getting calls in the paint when he's when he's backing guys down, right? So and, that's, that's and- the
0: next layer of being Jalen Pickett, too. Correct. Correct. Is not only does the call, the charge call, go against Penn State, but it goes against Jalen Pickett. The guy who has the hands in his ball is the star on your team. He is one of the best players in college basketball this season. He's certainly one of the better players, if not uh, right behind Zach Eady in the big 10, in terms of dominance, uh, willing a team, you know, kind of dictating how a team and a program operate. Like he's right there. And so for a bang, bang call time and place uh, less than a minute to play like that, just, I'm just like, I've pulled some people I've surveyed, Uh, after the fact, right? Different perspectives, people who've been in the game, people who've been different places. It just doesn't happen. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. Like that is just in a very atypical call, but certainly Wisconsin got that call, uh, you know, was able to turn around. And after Andrew Funk missed, right? Andrew Mm -hmm. Funk had a miss at 20 seconds uh, for a three-pointer. Open, very open. Very open, great look. Cam Cam Winter had had two looks. Uh, neither mm-hmm. one of those went down. Uh, and then Wisconsin got fouled, made its two free throws. Penn State had one final look with five seconds to play. And Funk took uh again, like another it it goes back to what Shrewsbury was saying about concentrating on what he can do to help the team. The the plays, the chalk yeah. out of the out of the timeouts were, were great. They were, yes. they were great looks. They were, they were good looks for what you could possibly expect for Penn state in those situations. Uh, they just didn't go down.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that last one, that was the one I was talking about where, where you got funk open and Pickett has the ball. He's backing down. You are automatically assuming that's going to be, if I've got the plays right, that, that it's going to be hit the balls in his hands. And suddenly you've got, uh, you've got uh, an open, you've got an open player at the three point line. That has the opportunity. And you just, you can't, you can't miss those. So that's the that's the second part, I think, of this conversation is because of the, the final three minutes and how they played out and some of the officiating how that plays in, Pense still had the opportunity to win. Like we talk about all the factors of what went against them, the adversity. They still had a they still had the opportunity to win and they didn't. How do you um calibrate your expectations for this team, the more information we get and the more times they're in these high leverage situations. And Michael Shrewsbury has talked about it. We had the whole conversation about tone and writing the ship before, uh, the win over Indiana. And here we are big shots late in the game. Don't go in. Yeah. How are you feeling about this particular team and, and your assessment of them as it continues?
0: I, th- I think, I think that, and I'm, I'm glad for the setup, uh, like this is a critical moment, right? This is the high wire part of the story where things can go either way because look, they're, they're three and four in the Big Ten. They've won 12 games. They have every opportunity to win seven or eight more games, right? And, and people who are listening to this who, who have followed along, we're ballparking 19 wins to, for Penn State to get to the tournament right mm-hmm. 20 and i don't think it's really even a question but 19 should probably get them in uh how do you not allow the frustrations of feeling as though you're on the bad end of the whistle feeling as though the big shots haven't gone down feeling as though like they're pl- everybody that they've played penn state has been competitive with they they can compete and play with anybody on the schedule. That's just the reality of the big 10 this year. They are right in the thick of those things, but frustration is real. These guys aren't robots. They don't just forget things. They don't just forget things. It's right. These are people that you're dealing with. Can I ask you,
1: I want to interrupt here one second, and this is a total
0: derailment, but
1: I had this conversation last night with my wife. while watching the game. Have you ever seen in person? Andrew Funk smile. (sighs) Ha. Yeah, because I, I have not seen him smile on camera once. The The one time I saw him smile, they had the, the the graphic of him with the three point shooting on TV. And I was like, oh, OK, so he does like he is capable of smiling. He's just yeah. a very serious dude on the on the court. I was just curious. Have you seen him smile in person?
0: <laughs> I, I have. He wants to win. Okay. He wants to win badly. All, all these guys do. Jalen Pickett mm-hmm. desperately wants to win. They, they, and uh, frankly, these guys are winners they've done winning in their career bucknell wasn't great last year but it, they've had good seasons uh that he's been a part of cam winter has won basketball games jalen pickett has won basketball games so uh, and seth Lundy, right like seth Lundy yeah. was part of the the 2020 team for penn state i mean these these are not guys who are, are just going to be content with having good individual performances while the team loses they want to win <laughs> And So it 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 is it is this very challenging moment I think for Penn State to not allow what happened on Tuesday night to roll into the next game on the schedule, which is like just on a platter, Nebraska, right? Like for a Saturday home game. Saturday home game. Micah Shrewsbury has uh, alluded to it. He hasn't been as vocal. As he probably could be, but it's like it's the only Big Ten home Saturday game. They have home Sunday games, but home Saturday game. This is a huge weekend for Penn State sports. There is a wrestling match at the Bryce Jordan Center on Friday night. There is hockey both nights. Like people will be in town for these events this weekend. And my expectation, uh, you know, I've kind of heard some things. There's a, a little bit of an undertone. The curtains will be drawn. They've sold seats for the top level right? Like the, the Bryce Jordan center will be, if not packed, it'll be very full on Saturday mm-hmm. for, for Nebraska. And so not only do you have that environment, which is a rarity at Penn state, but it's also against one of the less successful teams. I'm not going to call them a bad team. Cause I don't think that yeah. they are Wisconsin mm-hmm. has, or excuse me, Nebraska has good pieces on that team. They just haven't won a lot of games. They've lost four in a row. They play Ohio state tonight. Uh, So this could be, this could be a Nebraska team with five losses in a row going into this game. Uh, You know, we'll see, but like Penn State has to be able to handle its business. This is a game that Penn State should win, Mm -hmm. right? But you can't, you can't win the next game if you're still fixated on what happened in the last game and the, the last opportunities that you missed. Like you just, you got to put it away. And so I right. think that that is incumbent on Penn state's coaching staff and the leaders of the team to be able to, to handle their business in that, in that way. Like today needs to be a day where they wipe it. Just, just wipe that loss clean. There will be other opportunities in a venues through the rest of the season. Go, go, go get them, you know, yeah. So we'll see. So,
1: what do you see with Nebraska? And before you say anything, I apologize. I did not see that you had another, uh, like a Frewsberry quote you wanted to pull here. So I don't have that one. But uh, wh- what do you see? It. What do you see from Nebraska that you want
0: to highlight? Just uh, no one really individually. Just good, good individual pieces that don't always play well as a team. They've had some close mm-hmm. losses. Um, they took they took Purdue to overtime, which is something i mean we've seen how good purdue is uh but also they needed overtime to beat uh, minnesota which is uh not one of the better teams in the big 10 this year so it it is it is uh the only the only game that they've won this season in the big 10 is iowa they had a tough i think a fairly tough non-conference schedule so uh the fact the fact that Nebraska is, excuse me, nine and nine right now overall. Um, you know they're two and five in the conference. Uh, you know it's. I, I'm not going to. They are a little bit better, I think, than what their, than what their record. Is, well, Penn State's right? not they the sort of team them.
1: that can take anybody for granted, right? Like Penn State has to play their best in every game, and they may be able to blow some teams out, but it's not like. Nebraska is so far below the talent level of Penn State that you would say Penn State can just roll the ball out there. And, and, and that's kind of the last thing I want to ask you. And this is the same thing I ask on every time I talk about Penn State basketball, going back to when I was uh, on Sports Talk with Steve Jones. And I would ask Steve this question. And how do you get the chicken and the egg situation to stop? Because Penn State has the opportunity here. They're, this is a good football, basketball team. This is a good basketball team with a lot of good pieces. They're fun to watch. Jalen Pickett is awesome. Um, but you've got a window, it feels like, to get people's attention. And this game feels like a very big part of that window. The Pallestra game didn't go their way in the second half. That was kind of, kind of fell flat. You know, yep. being in Philly, not finishing in a way that the game was close. Saturday home game. You can't fall back into the same Penn State basketball isms where, okay, well, even if you beat Nebraska, it's a close game. And you're like, wow, that team was the average basketball fan can say that Nebraska sucks, right? Or they can say that they're bad based on the record and you play close. Like, how do you break this cycle of interest level in the program so that you're not begging people to come to the BJC? And when there is the opportunity, um, maybe it isn't a Saturday game. People are gonna make the effort because, like yeah. you know, I accidentally said football there, but like people make the effort to get to football games whenever they are. So, yeah. how do you make people want to get to a basketball game where Penn State is playing?
0: Win, win the game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is, is look here, here, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share two things. One is, and you know, this doesn't matter maybe to anybody, but. uh, the metrics at our website during the Wisconsin game mm-hmm. were the highest interaction. Like it was the leading page on our site during yeah. that game. Like that. That is not typical. That is not typical. Um, so, so people so, are interested in this team, right? So, I guess correct. that's my point. It's people are interested in this team. You got to
1: hammer. Like you got to hammer this. If you're uh, if you're Mike Cruzberry. <laughs> And I just feel like the opportunity is here. This is, I guess, this is what I'm I'm outlining. The opportunity is here, and he feels like the guy that's going to be able to do it. And uh, just, can he do it? Can Can we have a different story at the end of this season? I would. That was the one thing I I, I was was frustrated with. I think last night is I've seen that story before. You know, and and obviously everyone's seen that story before, but like we all want to see something new, even if you don't root for the program. I want to see something I've never seen before. I want to see something different. And it feels like this year, this team has the opportunity to be something different. But as you said, this is an inflection point where it has to be different.
0: It, it, it can't be a look. Every game is its own story. Every game, every time out there, every practice, what what have you like that? It's not the book isn't written. And so I think that there's a danger in looking ahead and saying, Oh, well, this game's this, 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 Mm -hmm. this, because we've played that game before as well. Games right. that have been, right? I mean, even after Penn State lost to Michigan State, it was an automatic assumed loss at Illinois. Yep. But Penn State blew their doors off, right? Like Penn State played a great game at Illinois and won that game. So I just think that there's there's a danger in allowing, whether it's the team itself or the fan base, whatever, of getting too far ahead of yourself this, yeah. this season, it, there are 13 games left, play them out, see, see what happens. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think it really matters on Saturday what it looks like. I think they have to win. You just, you have to hold cert. Like you, you because the interest will be there. If a couple of things, <laughs> the interest will be there. If Penn state is ranked or sniffing a ranking, right? Penn state, Penn state fans love winners. If you're, if you're relevant nationally, it doesn't matter what it is. Penn state loves lacrosse. When lacrosse is in the final four, you know, Penn state loves all of these different things. Women's volleyball, what what have you, Penn state fans love it when their team is winning and they'll take an interest in that sport. Even if they're not
1: look at hockey, diehard fans.
0: Totally. Yeah. So there's that element of it. And if Penn State wins games and finds it, if Penn State can stay around 500 in the Big Ten throughout the Big Ten season, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, people will pay attention to that. But I I just I just think that this this is a moment where figuring out how to get over it, like just let it go. The last one and refocus re-energize rest up what what have you do all of those reset things to go into nebraska on saturday and come out of there with a win because on the back side of it there's a schedule that is i'm not going to say that it's not daunting it, it is like at Rutgers is a tough place to play it's really hard to win there but michigan at home you can win that game right like just Yeah. Trade. Do the, do the trade. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like win your home games, try to steal one on the road and then see where things fall out.
1: And, and to that point of what the ultimate thing is, that's going to get people interested is make the tournament. And and that's where the ultimate goal for the season is. And that's where all of that, that I said points to, right. Is like, it's not about Nebraska. It's not about this game. It's not about the high-minded narratives of philosophical conversation. Just make the tournament, and that's the end-all be-all. That's the, the end-all all. End of this show, though. That's at least what I've
0: got. Nate, do you have anything else before we get going? That's it. Two fifteen BTN, BJC on Saturday, Penn State, Nebraska. We'll see what happens. As always, if you're watching this on
1: YouTube, uh, we're airing it in the middle of the day live uh, on Wednesday. Please like the video. If you're checking us out on the podcast version, I know that most people that, that follow the show are on the podcast version. Please give us a five-star review uh, of the show. We already got one of those, and I want to give a shout-out uh, to Greg, who gave us a five-star review. Loves Nate, loves the coverage and uh, we appreciate that if you would especially apple podcast i know that's a big thing all the other platitudes that you get at the end of a, of a show like the video subscribe download uh sign up to our newsletter sign up to our website sign up to our fax machine and our uh smoke signals <laughs> i'll be sending out uh large smoke signals and uh a little bit of um morse code later tonight so nate thanks so much thanks for having me we'll talk to you later